Hello and welcome to Trending Pet Food, the industry podcast where we cover all the latest hot topics and trends in pet food. I'm your host and editor of Pet Food Industry Magazine, Lindsay Beaton, and I'm here today with award-winning multimedia pet lifestyle consultant, author, and industry spokesperson, Sandy Robbins. Hi, Sandy, and welcome. Hey, Lindsay. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here chatting about one of my favorite subjects. For those of you who might not be familiar with Sandy, her focus is on educating pet parents about the latest innovations and trends and the ways in which they improve a pet's general health and well-being and ultimately enhance the human-animal bond. Her work has a strong focus on nutrition and how food and treating experiences have become enhanced by pet technology. Her platforms include websites such as today.com, msnbc.com, and real estate leader Zillow, along with a variety of magazines such as Catster, Dogster, and Consumer Digest, and many pet business publications, as well as many leading manufacturers' websites across pet categories for which she writes pet lifestyle content. She also has her own blog, Raining Cats and Dogs. Sandy has authored four books, has appeared on all the major TV networks, and even did a three-year stint on the Weather Channel highlighting the latest in pet gear and gadgets. Suffice to say, Sandy Robbins is well-qualified to help answer today's question. How can pet food companies be brand ambassadors in the digital age? Wow. It's such a big topic because there's so many options to them. And I think they have to kind of be everywhere. And that's what makes it so difficult for them. It's true. So much has changed about how pet owners purchase products, especially in the last couple of years. We have seen a huge increase in e-commerce in particular, which has left brands trying to figure out how to reach their consumers on multiple platforms. So the more traditional in-store platforms and then online, however that may be. What do you feel has been the biggest change in all of that? If a pet food manufacturer is really trying to focus in on where everybody is right now, where do you feel that is? I think the problem for them is that they literally have to be everywhere. They have to start with their own website being a really good resource. Everything you need to know about your dog or your cat needs to be answered on that platform to start with. And to get their message across, they have to be on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and you name it. I think they really do have a problem because parents are looking for information. And they've lost the one main resource that they had, which was going into a store and speaking to somebody knowledgeable. And also, I don't think that manufacturers are doing the events in stores anymore that they used to, where you got that one-on-one opportunity to talk to somebody from a brand about your particular pet. And I think that's a huge loss. And I don't think we've replaced that yet. I think you're right. I think people are still trying to figure it out. And it might not even be a matter of replacing, but of adding on, which of course brings all sorts of things into the mix, like resource issues and companies playing to their strengths, which might not necessarily be online and really just reconfiguring how it is they talk to their consumers. Where do you think pet food customers are getting their information if they're purchasing online? There are so many different avenues. You talked about all the different social media platforms. There's company websites. There's word of mouth, which is obviously the most significant way that people get information. 
Where do you think people are going right now? I think they are looking to their friends first and foremost, which is not necessarily the way to go because what I'm feeding my cat and my dog and their particular issues may not particularly work for somebody else's pet. This is the problem. And, you know, if a Facebook live presentation or something on Instagram will put that information out there, but unfortunately doesn't give pet parents the options to really ask a personal question on that particular platform because it moves so quickly. You know, everybody has to get that information out there. They're not getting that one-on-one time that I think they're looking for. How do you think companies can give one-on-one time to consumers? Because that is a significant thing these days. Everybody wants to feel like their stuff is customized for their pets, that they're really getting a personalized experience in one way or another. It's one of the reasons that subscription services are growing in popularity because they're able to provide that more customized feel. What are some of the things brands can do or look at to give that feeling, especially if it's a huge brand with a huge audience, or, you know, a lot of times the small brands are really good with their social media presence. So how can those who are not that great get in there and really make customers feel like they're talking to them one-on-one, even if obviously they're not? Well, I think to some extent they probably have to, you know, we've lost contact with one another on so many different platforms because of the pandemic and our pets are just another one that is suffering. You know, everybody's got a hotline, so you can phone and ask a question about the beef recipe or should I be serving a wet food versus a dry food, but you're going to get somebody on the other line who's kind of got a formula in front of them and asking basic information questions. I think we almost need an option where you can speak to a nutrition on tap, rather like telemedicine has evolved in the veterinary field. If one had that one-on-one option, I think it would probably go down well. The problem, of course, is people probably don't want to pay for such a thing. So perhaps if it could belong to a subscription service, so you know that you're locked into that customer, that customer is going to be yours. So you don't mind investing that little bit extra in them to give them information that I really think they do want. What are some strategies that you have seen that you feel have worked particularly well in terms of reaching out to customers? Is there, you know, a certain Instagram promotion that you've seen work really well or anything on social media or an email campaign or anything like that? What are some of the wins you've seen recently? You know, I've seen an Instagram campaign that's popping up on my Facebook feed because I'm obviously following the cat involved and I'm obviously not going to mention any names here, but I think the success is that it's happening all the time. Every time I'm looking on my Facebook, Something has popped up and it's a sponsored post. It says so very clearly. But each post has something which will capture my attention and I'll keep reading. Whether it's the picture that gets me or it's the very snappy wording, you know, a cat with an opinion about its own food. Somehow it always attracts my attention. And the mere fact that it keeps coming up in my feed, you start paying attention whether you like it or not. It's sending that subliminal message. And I think that message is getting through when it's repeated so many times. So I think Instagram, Facebook are still platforms where you're going to reach a lot of people. And then, of course, you know, if you do have a personal question, you can ask them and the brand will respond to you. That at the moment seems to be the only real way to go. 
I can see that. And I can see repetition being pretty important because the attention span and the ability to just overlook ads is pretty well refined by now because we've all been online for so long. So if you just put in an ad the one time, odds are it's going to fly right over people. But repetition-wise, eventually it's going to click. And if it's the right audience, then it will click in a good way rather than in the never show me this ad again kind of way. How can companies better choose their audience for individual platforms? Because obviously you're going to get a certain type of consumer on Facebook and Instagram and a certain type of consumer on other mediums. So is it better, do you think, for a company to choose a demographic and go for it solidly one at a time? Or should they have more of a multifaceted strategy to their branding and sort of blast it all everywhere at once? You know, that's a really difficult question. We all know that the millennials are leading in terms of being curious about buying new products. And I think they're a very good market to target because they will also tell their baby boomer parents and Gen X parents what they're doing, and they help to spread the message their own way. It's not always easy to target different demographics with the same ad. But I think because it's pets, you can get away with it if it's well-worded, if you're working with a really good social media source who is able to write copy that will capture any pet parent, irrespective of whether they're 16, uh, 36 or 66, if you can capture them and you keep repeating, but repeating with different things. So they're not seeing the same take over and over again. I think the strategy has to be, you've got to really plan your program so that although you keep popping up, you're popping up with something different. And you know, Lindsay, you know what else I've noticed? That if you subscribe to a streaming service, something that's got advertisements in it, like Hulu, you have the option of having with the ads or without. I think many people go with the ads because it is just that much cheaper and you can't fast forward through those ads. So you've really got a captive audience. And I've seen one or two pet-related things pop up in my feed and you're forced to watch them. But somehow they're not as irritating as they would be on a normal TV show because you're relaxed and you're watching a show that you've personally handpicked to watch. So somehow I think those ads tend to stick a little bit more. It may be a good platform for brands to consider. Do you think maybe pet food has a bit of a leg up in advertising just because inevitably there are going to be cute animals in there? I kind of wonder about that. So I get the same thing. I get targeted ads to me all the time, but it's on YouTube. I definitely get pet food ads on YouTube. And I know it because of what I do, but I don't want to skip them as much as I want to skip every other kind of ad. And I know part of it is because I work in pet food, but part of it is definitely because they're very friendly in terms of the way the ad plays out and there are always animals and everybody's having a good time. And then if my kids are around, they want to see the cute dogs and the cute cats. Is that something that companies and brands could lay off of a little bit that we already have this kind of advantage and that people just naturally like to see content about animals. And so even if it is an ad, it's an opportunity to hook them. Absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head, as they say. I think it's an underserved market in that sense. I think this is one that more brands could look to, to expand their base. Because as you say, everybody loves a cute cat or a cute dog. And if they do something, you know, that's really endearing, you're going to watch. 
And if the ad comes back again, it isn't as irritating as something else. I have to agree with you there, definitely. So I think that's something that they can definitely be expanded, especially since we can't go into stores like we did before and have those little personalized meet and greets. And that's another problem, I think, Lindsay, is with pet food, is that what we like and what we think is going to go down well doesn't necessarily go down well because the pet you're buying for may have another idea and not like that particular flavor, that particular texture, whatever it is. And we've lost the advantage in many ways of getting the samples that one used to in the past. So I think if people do a sample pack or some kind of a special offer on one of those ads, but people may be inclined to try that product, see what Fluffy and Fido have to say about this particular product. Now, do you see that as maybe a replacement for the in-store interaction? So like there's a digital ad and they see it somewhere and it has a coupon code or something and you go online to redeem it, or maybe you do go into a store to redeem it. Is there still room for a hybrid method where you reach out initially online, but you can still get people back into stores? Or do you think that's going to be more difficult now just overall? I think it may be more difficult, but I think people are going back into stores now, where at one stage, I know I look to myself, you know, I wasn't setting foot into a store until I absolutely had to. And I was like everybody else, you know, buying online, but I knew what I was buying. So it didn't matter if the doorbell rang and, you know, it got dumped on my doorstep. I'd made the decision in advance. I know what was coming. But I think if you need to change your pet's food for some reason, you're going to have to speak to somebody. That's the bottom line. So whether it's going to be a nutritionist on tap that the brand is providing or a very knowledgeable person in a store, I think we're going to have to start going back into stores. We're going to have to start making those connections again. How do you feel about that? I mean, do you think people chop and change a food because they like the packaging? Or do you think those changes only happen when you're graduating a puppy to an adult food or an adult dog to a senior offering? I do see, and I'm pretty sure brands see it this way as well, that the clearest opportunities for something like that are right during the life stage shifts, right? So they pretty much pick a puppy food and they stick with it unless something comes up, you know, unless there's an allergen issue or it really just doesn't sit well or the puppy just refuses to eat it. And then once they're coming out of the puppy stage, they start looking, what is the food that I am going to put my animal on for the majority of its adult life, barring any medical conditions or functional formulation concerns? And the easiest thing to do would be to stay with the same brand, right? Yeah. But with the shift to online purchasing, it's so easy to research at the same time you're purchasing because you can just have one window open that says, best adult formulations for large breeds or whatever. And then you can compare so easily. And then you have places like Amazon and Chewy that will let you compare side-by-side stuff. And so I think people are oddly enough being made aware of more options having shifted to online because it's all there. You have to wade through it to get to the one you're searching for. And you have to put something in the search bar There are brands who have taken advantage of that and are able to do banner ads on Amazon or they have their own storefront on Amazon or in Chewy, they pop up at the top because they're sponsored or whatever and really does, I think, make a difference. And I think that 
adding something like that into your model when you're considering how to reach out to potential new consumers, that might be one of the main things that you want to look at because you're right. People are going to have to go back in stores eventually, but a lot of people have switched to online and say they're going to stay there. Yes. Yes. So it really does come down to a completely separate way of doing things and a new way of doing things. Something that, you know, we were already going in this direction anyway, but the pandemic really shot everybody's five-year plan up to the right now plan. That's very true. But you know what I think? Even if you're comparing products, I think it boils down to who can you trust? Are you going to take Amazon as your trustworthy source? Who's writing that stuff for Amazon versus would you rather go to a specific online retailer that specializes in pets? They may have better information. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure whether I would take food advice from Amazon, whereas I may take it from somebody else. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Still, the constant question that the industry has is where are people going to get their information and how can the industry become one of those sources and a source of trust? Trust in the pet food industry is a constant conversation and it's always shifting because consumers are talking to each other or talking on blogs and going back and forth? And how do you get them to go to the brand's website, which has nutritional information and frequently asked questions and all of the things that a good brand website is supposed to have? So how do you get customers to go there and trust what they're seeing? Education is also a huge thing in the industry. So what role is education going to continue to play? What really is the top thing that pet food brands need to look at or be aware of when they're trying to promote slash educate slash latch on to new customers? There's just so much. What do you think is the top thing? Like say somebody wants to get started, they want to overhaul their brand or they want to refresh it, or they really want to make sure they're doing what's absolutely best in the current climate. Well, as you say, you know, if their website is a go-to resource, which I think is an absolute must, and I do agree with you, a lot of them have been focusing on their websites and they have all that information. The other thing is price. Not everybody can pay just anything. Unfortunately, we'd all like to, but not everybody can do that. So they're looking for the best value in their price category. I think people will upscale and spend a little bit more if they're introduced to something that is more expensive, that works for their pet, and they can see that it's working. They're not having digestive issues. They're not having poop issues. They'll spend a bit more. And I think to get people to that point where they will try something else, I think this is where you've got to offer samples or you've got to offer a discount or you've got to have a really good return policy. And it's difficult to return things. You can return cans that have not been opened, but what do you do with food that has been opened? You can't even donate that because shelters won't necessarily take in an open bag of pet food off somebody. So I think if you can offer some kind of a special to get people to try your brand, you know, like the old days of walking into a store and getting a whole lot of different samples to try. I still think people almost want something for free first and then they'll invest in you once they know they haven't had to spend money to get to that point. 
So I'm guessing QR codes that open up to a special offer or a discount or a coupon, but it's got to be something substantial. I don't think a dollar off is going to make people sit up and look, but if you can get $5 off a bag to try something, I think people will do that. Right. There is definitely something to be said for, you know, the more traditional route of just saying, here is a discount, come try our product and see what you think of it see what your pet thinks of it, see if you believe what we say and if we're worth coming back for. It's really just getting your foot in the door Yes, is the key part, whether it's online or in a store with a physical display or a banner ad. And I think the brands have to make themselves available, almost say, come talk to us. We're here for you. And if you do call a hotline, it has to have somebody on that other end, or you have to be able to be connected to somebody who can really answer your personal question. You know, you're not buying a pair of shoes and it doesn't matter if it's pink or blue. If it fits, it fits. We all treat our pets' health very, very seriously. And we want that one-on-one connection. And I think brands have to really reach out and say, we're here for you, literally. Come talk to us. We'll answer your personal questions. Perhaps they should have a happy hour on Instagram or a Facebook Live where people can come with their personal problems. Communication, as always, is going to be the key. Well, thank you so much for your insights, Sandy. I think you've given the industry a lot to think about in terms of digital branding and how to reach customers in the digital age. Before we go, let's do a little plug. Where can people find your brand online? My website is Sandy with a Y, Robbins with one B, online.com. That's where you'll find me. That is it for this episode of Trending Pet Food. You can find us on PetFoodIndustry.com, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast platform. Once again, my name is Lindsay Beaton. I am the host and the editor of Pet Food Industry Magazine, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.